Well, right on. Well, before we go any further, let me ask, do we have any Husky fans in the house? My Huskies beat the Cougars in the Apple Cup, uh, proving once and for all dogs are better than cats. I'm just saying I'm a dog fan, but let me tell you, it was close. That was a nail biter. Uh, Our Huskies, they needed the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, in order to pull off that win, but uh, the Huskies got the W and won the last Apple Cup of the Pac-12 Conference, right? The last Apple Cup of the Pac-12 Conference, and so that was good, and I don't know about you, but that made for a great ending to a great Thanksgiving week for me and my family, but how many of you, you had a good Thanksgiving? Good Thanksgiving. Uh, If your family is anything like mine, then you celebrated Thanksgiving the right way, and that's by eating more food than is humanly necessary. How many of you ate? I mean, threw down. I ate so much food, man. I felt just like a stuffed turkey. I ate so much food, but it was so good, and uh, we just had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, But as Bill mentioned, Thanksgiving is now over, and Christmas season has now begun. Uh, Christmas festivities can start. Uh, We can now start playing Christmas music. How many of you, you start playing Christmas music after Thanksgiving? Raise your hand. Okay, you know the truth. And the truth has set you free. But let me ask you this. How many of you, you start playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving? Raise your, all right. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. (laughs) I'm just, I'm teasing. But I am saying it's a little weird, right? You know, I have two daughters. Two of my three daughters like to play Christmas music in the fall. And it's just weird. I'm just telling you, it's weird listening to Ariana Grande's Santa Baby and it's September. It just, it feels weird. But now we can all agree Christmas music can begin. Christmas music can start. Uh, Christmas season is here. And the Christmas season is actually my favorite season in the church. Uh, It is. Christmas time is actually my favorite time in the church. Why? Because there's just something special about the Christmas season, isn't there? Uh, There's just something that hits different. The Christmas season is just a little bit uh, different. I I find during the Christmas season, people are willing to go a little further and help one another out. Have you noticed that? Uh, It's during the Christmas season that people are willing to show a little bit more care and love to their neighbor than they do in other seasons. Uh, That is, unless you're in a shopping mall parking lot, which I was on Friday, and there wasn't a whole lot of love, but, but people are just willing to go the extra mile. Uh, It's during the Christmas season that people are willing to be a little more generous, uh, that they give a little bit more in so many different ways. I was reading an article this week, and it reminded me that uh, the most generous time for Americans is from in November and December. Did you know that? That the most generous season uh, for people is in November and December. Uh, People tend to give to charities. Uh, People give to churches. Uh, People are more willing to volunteer their time and give and help. There's just something about the Christmas season uh, that people are willing to give. 
Uh, it's a season of giving. And why is that? Why is the Christmas season a season of giving? Well, I believe it goes all the way back to the first Christmas. I think the reason there's this aura, there's this spirit, there's this, there's this notion and compelling to give is it goes all the way back to the very first Christmas. In fact, I propose to you, maybe the most Christmassy verse in the Bible is a verse that we don't often think of as a Christmas verse, but it very much is. I propose to you it is. And that's John 3.16. Who in here is familiar with John 3.16? Anyone know that verse? Uh, John 3.16 might be one of the most familiar verses in the Bible. If you're watching an NFL game today, you might see somebody holding a cardboard sign uh, that reads John 3.16 on it. And for whatever reason, that person will have really good seats because they'll be right there on the field. Uh, John 3.16 is a very well-known verse, but we don't often look at it as a Christmas verse, do we? We don't often see it as a Christmas verse, but I propose to you that John 3.16 is very much a Christmas verse. In fact, look what this verse says. It says, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave. He gave his one and only son. The first gift of Christmas came from God to us. Uh, God gave us the greatest gift of Christmas, and that's Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Come on, God gave us the greatest gift of all that we could never give ourselves, and that's salvation through Jesus. Jesus came to us, church, because there was no way we could get to him, and he offers us life through him. That's the Christmas story. That's the gospel. And I believe the same way God the Father gave his son to us, there is something that's compelled in us to give to others during the season. There's just something that says that we should give to others during this season. Now we should be the hands and feet of Jesus and really give to those who need it the most. That we should really be the hands and feet of Jesus and really be the church and help people who have the greatest of needs during this Christmas season uh, to really help people and be the church. Some people go to church, come on, we wanna be the church. Some people go to church, I said, we wanna be the church. And the church is not a building, the church is not an auditorium, the church is not a sanctuary, the church is not something you watch online, the church is the people. Come on, you are the church. I am the church. We is the church, okay? I know that's bad grammar, but it's good theology, okay? We is the church, and there's something about this Christmas season where we're compelled to really be the church and the hands and feet of Jesus and help people who need it the most, to give to people who need it the most. And uh, we, there's so many different ways we can give. Um, we can give of our resources, in fact, in just a couple moments, uh, TJ and Glory, they're gonna come up here and they're gonna share with us a couple giving opportunities that we have. Bill touched on them a bit, but we're gonna, we're gonna share a couple giving opportunities we have for a couple community partners. We actually have 11 community partners, and during this time of year, we give to every single one of them. 
because we just feel compelled to give. And Kim and I, around this time of year, we always pray that the Lord would lead us on what we should give above and beyond our monthly giving to our community partners to CFA cares and help people who need it the most. Help give to people who need help this Christmas season. So we can give of our resources. How else can we give? We can give of our time. Someone say time. Listen, all of us in here, we know people who are lonely. We know people who maybe this Christmas season, their family dynamics have changed a bit. We know people who maybe have lost loved ones. Let's be the church. Let's spend time with people this Christmas season. Let's, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus and spend time with people who need it the most. And thirdly, what's the third way we can give? We can give of our service. We can give of our service. What does that mean? It means uh, there's people that maybe are sick, people that have needs, people around you you know that are facing challenges. Let's help people out. Let's be the church and help people out this Christmas season. Uh, mow somebody's lawn. Clean up somebody's house. Clean up somebody's car and make sure you bring your kids with you because we all need a few elves in the workshop, right? But our kids learn the heart of generosity from watching us. And bring your kids along with you, help, give. Some of you know earlier this year, uh, my wife had life-threatening pneumonia. We had never faced anything like this as a family. She was hospitalized for three weeks. And we had people come around us and help. And I really have no idea how we would have got through that moment had not people helped us. And there's just something that during this season that compels us to help others, to do what we can to give to those who need it the most. Amen? You know, maybe you're like me and sometimes it's easy to get cynical and you look out into this world and you say, there's so many needs. Can I really make a difference? There are so many needs. Can I really make a difference? And I wanna say this one thing and if you don't remember anything today, remember this one thing. No one could make a difference for everyone, but anyone can make a difference for someone. No one could make a difference for everyone, but anyone in here who wants to can make a difference for someone. And that's what the heart of this church is all about. And that's what the heart of Jesus is all about. And that's what the heart of this season of giving is all about. I heard this story uh, years ago. It's not a true story, but it drives in this point. And there's this man, he's walking along this beach and he sees this boy throwing starfish into the ocean. And he asks the boy, he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm saving these starfish. They've washed up onto the beach. If they stay on the beach, they'll die. I'm saving the starfish. The man looks at the beach and the beach is covered with starfish. There's hundreds of starfish. And he looks at the boy and he said, but there's so many starfish, how can you make a difference? And the boy looks at the starfish in his hand. He looks at the man and he says, I could make a difference for this one. And he throws a starfish into the ocean. No one can make a difference for everyone. But listen to me, any one of us in here can make a difference for someone. And the heart of this church, listen to me, the heart of this church is that we would do for one what we wish we could do for all. That all of us would have the heart that we would do for one person, we would do for someone 
what we all wish we could do for everyone. And that's the heart of this church. That's the heart of Jesus. <laughs> that's the heart of this season of giving. And we all have an opportunity to do that. And so I want to do this. I want to take a moment. I'm going to invite TJ and Glory to come up here. Uh, give them a hand as they come forward. And they're going to share with us a couple different giving opportunities. As I mentioned to you, we have 11 community partners here at CFA, and I'll hit on those a little bit as, as we conclude here. But we have two giving opportunities that are coming up very, very soon. In fact, now. Uh, the first one is this Giving Tuesday. As Bill mentioned, Giving Tuesday isn't something that CFA launched. Giving Tuesday is kind of a nationwide thing now. Uh, people give to it. It's just a way that you have Thanksgiving, Black Friday, we're at the malls, we're shopping, we're buying things. Now it's a way to give back. Yeah. And so we want to partner up with this. Some companies, some of you might work for companies that actually match what you give on Giving Tuesday, believe it or not. There's some companies that do that. And so, Glory, why don't you share with me a little bit about who we're giving to on Giving Tuesday and, and what Kent Hope is all about. Yeah. So, good morning. <laughs> y'all awake? <laughs> That's go. a good message, y'all. <laughs> um, but okay, so we're going to give to um, Kent Hope. And what I love about Kent Hope, it's a ministry of the Union Gospel Mission. And so if you, you don't know what that is, it's a huge organization, a Christian organization that is feeding homeless, you know, searching out for those that are lost and hurting and broken. And um, one beautiful thing that they do, it's they're a hub in the Kent area. I am a Kentonian grown girl. And so when I look at ministries, I look at like, are they helping my community? And so... I'm looking at this ministry and how it just beautifully is taking in. It's an emergency shelter for women and children, taking them in, feeding them. You know, if they need certain um, programs to get involved in, whether it's housing, clothing, recovery, whatever that may be, they're the front lines to getting them the resources they need. So, um, and they're coming off the streets. This isn't something that, you know, you're, they're dragging them into these ministries. Um, women are walking through the doors. And so uh, they're able to serve 48 women um, wow. during the day, during the night, and, it's, and their children as well. So it's a huge ministry, and it's a huge work. If we look around our community, we see it all over. And um, one thing that I love about it is that the resources are there. And one thing that I love about how our community partners um, is that um, a lot of times, like Pastor Matt was saying, we can give of our time, we can give of our resources. And many years, I wasn't able to give financially right. because, hi, we're only one income in a home, you know, you have three kids, you're barely surviving. But one thing I learned to do is to like, Learn about the resources yeah. so I can go and volunteer, so I can look, look in my pantry and give uh, towels, napkins, whatever that may be. But it's the resources of stepping out and saying, you know what, we have a list of community partners that we can do our part Good. and knowing who our community partners are. So for us sharing about our community partners, that's why we're sharing about it is because we want you to know what they're about. What are we serving our community with? What, what does it look like? And Good. so that's what we're going to do for um, Giving Tuesday. I keep saying Giving Friday. It's, well, maybe it's, we should just but do you know, 
giving right. week. It's a giving week. It's it's a giving season. <laughs> and it should never just be about the season, right? Absolutely. Our, we're called as Christians to give regardless. So um, anyways, if you want more information, you could go on our resource yep. link and or uh, ask me, TJ, mm-hmm. Pastor Matt. Mm-hmm. We'd love to share more about it. And didn't you, wasn't there somebody you connected with that you were yes. able to connect with Kent Hope? Yes. Like just last week or yeah. something? Yeah. So I was just praying about like um, what, you know, yeah. Pastor Matt's like, okay, what are we going to do for giving, you know, Tuesday? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So we have all these resources, right? And when you, when, when, when we know to give to these resources, it's like um, what, what tugs up my heart, right? And so the other I think it was like two weeks ago, maybe, I was at a grocery store, and um, there was a, a woman and her baby, and it was so cold out. Y'all know what it's like out there. Um, and it was so cold, and I passed her by, and I told my husband, I'm like, she's got to be freezing. Mm. So I walk right back out, and I'm like, I have resources. Oftentimes, people love to just throw money, which is great. That's your thing. That's not my thing. I want to give her the resource she needs to thrive in her life. And so for me, what I've seen is she's cold. She's hungry. She's begging. She has a child. I know a place for her to go. And so it was downtown Kent area, and I was like, do you know where Kent Hope is? And she looked at me like puzzled. I said, it is a place for women and children to get food, shelter, clothing, warm. It's cold out here. You know, and I feel like sometimes um, we don't want to tell them anything or say anything. Or they might interrupt us. But we never know what's on the other side of us sharing something with that lady. I don't know if she walked up the street and actually went to Cat Hope and got the shelter she needs. But I believe that... When we are opening our mouths and we're being the hands, the resources, the so reach good. for Jesus, we could see lives changed. So in our true. Community. And I, so true. Uh, and I think it's easy if we're not careful to see people as interruptions, but people are not interruptions, they're invitations yes, yeah. from God to us right. to help intervene and be Jesus with flesh on yeah. and help somebody who's yeah. facing a, a difficult situation. Giving Tuesday, this Tuesday. Excited about that. Yeah, uh, I'm too. TJ, talk to me about our giving tree. So we have a giving tree out there. We're giving to an organization called Olive Crest. TJ, share with me a little bit about Olive Crest. Uh, yeah, so Olive Crest is a really impressive organization. They've been a, a nonprofit doing work in this community uh, for over 40 years. And uh, really what they focus on, their mission statement is this, is they're dedicated to preventing child abuse and strengthening, equipping, and restoring children's and families. And um, really one of their biggest emphasis that they focus on is to make sure that kids are in healthy households and scenarios. Um, So it's a lot of work within foster, adopt care, um, and and, and just support. And um, what's really exciting about this is that as a church, We've been given 70 tags, and each tag has an end of, a, a kid's name on it with something that they're interested, something um, what they love. And um, if anything, I, I, I pray that if, if you don't get it, grab one of these tags, I pray that you would walk next to that tree, walk to that wall, and just look at some of the names and just pray for these individuals that are, that are coming out of broken situations and praying that um, God's grace and hope would intervene 
in their circumstance. Um, so we're going to be collecting uh, gifts and donations up until December 17th. And when you do bring the gift, please actually bring the tag with it so we know what donation is tied to which child. Um, and let this be a family thing. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Kind of what you mentioned before about you know yeah. the little helper elves. How cool would it be to you know if you have a kid who's a part of the children's ministry? Pastor Gio is also announcing it. Uh, just being able to uh, go with your kids and 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 to share with them, and so that they're aware of the kids that are their age that are hurting and lost and uh, hopeless. Now, this organization right here, it really resonates with me quite a bit um, because. Me, like probably a lot of us, came from a really broken home. Um, when I was in second grade, um, my mom's um, brothers and sisters came to her and said, you know, you're going to have to, you know, give up rights to TJ if you don't get yourself taken care of. And from about second grade to a seventh grade, I was living with different aunts and uncles. And um, I, I know personally what it feels like to, to, to be young and to feel displaced and uh, how great it is that this Christmas we get this chance to um, come alongside these families and be a part of the process of seeing God's grace and hope come into their lives. So yeah, it's really exciting stuff for uh, this Christmas. Come on, can we give it up for Glory and TJ? You know, we have, uh, we have 11 community partners, as was mentioned a couple times today. You can go to, we have a, a new webpage for our community partners, church4.us slash cares, and you can read about them. I know a couple of you have asked, who, who is Olive Crest? Who is uh, Vine Maple Place? Who are these different organizations? We want you to know a little bit about them. So when you give to CFA Cares, you know what you're giving to. And we're, we are donating. These are two, two organizations specifically that we are giving to by, through Giving Tuesday and, of course, through Olive Crest. But we're also donating to Vine Maple Place. We're donating to Prisoners for Christ. Yeah. Uh, we're donating to, I want to say, the Food Bank, Storehouse. There's so many different organizations, Apartment Life. And, uh, and it's because of your generosity that we're able to do so. So thank you so much for that. Um, and so, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, we have, I think, a video that uh, we're going to play real quick. It's about Olive Crest, sharing with you a briefly two minutes what they're all about, and then TJ's going to wrap up here uh, as, yeah, you know, just uh, somewhere between 10 minutes and six hours, and so, uh, so we're excited about that, but check out this video, and then TJ will wrap things up. Amen, amen. Well, good morning. How about we do this? Why don't we all stand up? And join me. I heard some grunts. It's the cold weather, right? It's like our joints are tight. I'm only 35 and everything still hurts. All right. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for how wonderful and amazing you are, Lord. Father God, we just thank you uh, that we have this opportunity to know you. Thank you, God, that we received your grace and your love, God, that we, that we know you deeply, and I just, I just thank you, God, how you move on our hearts, that we can be a part of a church family like this, God, where we can serve the community, we can love you, we can display your grace in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Okay, okay. So I, uh, uh, Matt asked me uh, probably like 35 times this past week, uh, he's like, less than 15 minutes, come on, less than 15 minutes. So I promise you guys for the next 20 minutes, I totally believe that God is going to speak wonders. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. He's not going to speak wonders through me. The Holy Spirit's going to move, and he's going to do exactly what God wants to do, and I believe it's going to be exceptional. Amen? Amen. 
Okay, so if you have a Bible, I want you to open up with me. We're going to start our Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Just to give a little quick recap, Mark chapter 1, Jesus' ministry just began. Right, And if, if you read the book of Mark before, you realize that Mark, um, he's a very action writer. Like He's like, Jesus is preaching over here. Jesus healed lepers. Jesus did this. Jesus, it, it's, there's like no like fluid transition. It's just like action, action, action. And uh, Jesus has just been doing a lot of things in chapter 1. And then we find ourselves in the beginning of chapter 2. Jesus returns to Capernaum. He's in a house, and the house is packed. Say packed. Yeah. And there's no room. Say no room. We're going to start our Mark chapter 2, verse 2, and I'm pretty sure my mic is going to turn off by itself. The lights will turn off in 15 minutes. Well, I'm sorry, 14 minutes and 32 seconds, and uh, let's hurry up so that doesn't happen. Mark chapter 2, verse 2, it says this. A few days later, when Jesus... I'm oh, no, sorry, no, that's verse 1. Haha, here we go again. And they gathered in such a large number, and there was no room. Say, No room. There's no room left, not outside the door, not inside, not outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Verse 3. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus because the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And they lowered the mat that the man was lying on. Verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, say there. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, teachers of the law were sitting there and thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 8, immediately Jesus knew what was in his spirit, um, what in their spirit, um, that, uh, that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. So he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or get up, take your mat, and walk? And, uh, and, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. And he got up, and he took his mat, and he walked in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this ever happen again. Has anyone ever been to something... Uh, uh, like a place that was in, insanely packed, like packed to the brim, like uncomfortably packed. Raise your hand if you've been like a concert, uh, a festival, uh, a fair, a sporting event, right? Well, thinking of, of, of writing into uh, writing this message and thinking about places that are packed, one thing that came to my mind was the Seahawks Super Bowl Parade. Did anyone go to the Seahawks Super Bowl Parade? Okay, we have a few faithful in here. Uh, there's a few things I remember about that night uh, or that day. Um, I, I, there was reports of over 700,000 people were in Seattle for that parade. And I remember me and my friend uh, Lincoln, uh, we, 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 we hit each other up. It's like, hey, let's go to the parade. We don't want to miss this. We don't know when this is going to happen again, you know, uh, 10 years in the future. Clearly, we don't know when it's going to happen again. Um, and uh, let, let's go. So we were like, hey, we're going to be super smart. We're not going to drive. We're going to take the light rail. It's going to be great. Well, we get there, and, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of people in line thinking the exact same thing we were. It's freezing cold. There's hundreds of people, and... All said and done, it took us like four hours to get to Seattle. Now, what was not the most annoying part of this day was the cold. 
It wasn't even the long line or the packed people. I do good in crowds. I'm short, I'm skinny, I'm kind of quick on my toes. I can go like slide through people, I can go under legs. It's easy, crowds don't bother me very much. Uh, my wife on the other hand doesn't really like crowds. Some combination between like people and fun just doesn't vibe well with her. Um, but uh, so we're, it, we're having a you know, good time, I'm cheerful, I'm excited, so, you know, I wanna go see the Seahawks. But the most annoying thing was this lady yeah, yeah, take it how you want. This lady was like 70 people behind us and she was pushing her way through the crowd, like aggressively. And I'm, I, we're just hearing all these people like yelling at her and she's just like throwing like, you know, just, ugh, just like, she was just not having the line. She's like, I'm getting my ticket. I look over to Lincoln, who's a big dude, I'm like, don't let her pass. <laughs> so we're both like side to side with her, with her elbows out. It's mostly Lincoln doing the work, right? You have two pastors like refusing to have this woman get past this in line, right? You know, God's grace and love. Um, but, but again, she went around us, but whatever. I, that really, really bugged me. It, it, was, it, was, it, was, quite, it was quite annoying. Um, and again, I'm sure... Whenever you have large groups of people, um, and uh, things can get complicated sometimes, right? And in this scene in the scripture we just read, uh, that's the scene. Jesus is there, and it's a spectacle. You have crowds and crowds that are packed inside this house, and there's no room. You have crowds and crowds that are surrounding this house, and there's no room. Everyone wants to see Jesus. They want to see what he's about. They want to hear what he has to say. They want to see, maybe I can see a miracle. Let's go check it out. And then you have all these people, and then you have these four friends carrying their paralyzed friend. Their paralyzed friend that by no means by himself would have been impossible for him to see Jesus. It would have been impossible with all the crowds and all the room and how the situation is set. But he had four people that was willing to say, you know what? I know you can't carry yourself, but I'm going to carry you. So they pick up their friend, and they're making the trip. And they, can you imagine even probably like the guilt the person feels when they get to the house and they see how many people are surrounding it, that there's no room? But that doesn't stop them. They push through the crowd. You know how annoyed I was that one person was pushing through the crowd for me? Imagine four people carrying a bed, right? You got to create a lane for that, right? So you have these four people, and they get there, but they still can't get to the door. So what do they do next? They're like, do we got some rope, right? They throw them on the roof. They throw them on the roof. They open up the roof, and they start lowering his mat down, which I don't know if you've ever carried somebody before. That would be extremely difficult. There's a lot of work, right? Just so he can finally see Jesus. If we could put our scripture back on here, uh, uh, can you actually, uh, uh, let's reread verse 5 together. Like, I don't know about you. I've seen a lot of church uh, sermons interrupted in unique ways, but this one probably tops them all, right? Jesus is teaching, the roof opens, and a person just <laughs> comes on down. Everyone, everyone's like, is this one of the miracles? Was this planned? Jesus is like, I have no idea what's happening, right? Verse 5, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven, I, I, love, I, I love the fact that probably the people that were, were, were carrying him were like, no, Jesus, no, Jesus, his legs, his legs, you know? Um, but what I love about this 
is that there's something really important for us to see when we give. There's something really important for us to understand when we donate, when we serve, is that you see if it's people's willingness to care about others' physical needs that often opens up the opportunity to Jesus to work on their spiritual needs. It's our willingness to care about our community's physical needs, our neighbors, our families, our loved ones' physical needs that opens up the opportunity for the love of God to come inside and transform not just their current circumstance, but their eternity. And we see him get his healing, and we see it, but, but for the most part, we have to understand that, that there was no room, but they created room. And that's what we're called to do as the church. We're called to create room for people to have, a, to have an, inter, uh, an interaction, an experience of who Jesus is. And that's done by our love. That's done by our caring. That's done by how we treat each other. That's, that the, the Bible says that they will know him by our love. And creating room for people only comes by having a love that costs us something. It costs us a burden, a weight. It costs us our attention. It costs us, it will always cost us something. When we serve, when we're generous, we're intentional. I think, and also another one of the biggest things to pay attention to the scripture, and if I, if I can actually have the keys come forward. One of the biggest things that we need to pay attention to the scripture is that it was the bystanders of Christ that was the biggest obstacle. Have you ever watched? Um, have you ever watched something that you knew uh, you shouldn't have been a part of to begin with? Like it might be something. Sounds like that, right? But like, let's say like you're watching a football game, right? You know that you can't just go on the field and just be a part of the game, right? You can hop on. You go to a Hawks game, jump on the field, and say, "Gino, I'm open," right? It's it's not even worth saying. He's gonna miss you anyway. Oh, <laughs> but, but we know there's some circumstances that when we step into, it's like, you know what? I'm just here to be a bystander. I'm just here to be a fan. I'm just here to watch. There's no room for me. I know that there's, there's, only, 11, there's only 11 players that are allowed to be a part of that. But I want to tell you something that Within the church, there is room for you. In the church, there is a role for you. Jesus doesn't need fans. Jesus doesn't need people to come that, that are only interested to see, oh, what's he going to say next? When we are making room for people, we are participating in the work and mission that Jesus has for us. Like Matt said, God so loved the world he gave. Let us follow that. Let us look within our own hearts and ask, God, who are the people in my life that I need to carry? Who are the people in my life that I need to make room for? And honestly, 
there's some people in here that you're the one who needs to be carried. Like I said, when, when, when everyone was coming around, it looked like there was no room inside the house, around the house. Well, what's beautiful is that 2,000 years ago, there wasn't room, but Jesus created it. He created it by carrying our sins. He created it by bearing the world's burden. And he carried it to the cross and died for our sake. The last scripture I'm going to read is John 14, verses 1 through 3. Verse 1, do not let your heart be troubled. Isn't that easy today? Isn't that easy today how quick it is our hearts could just be troubled and shaken? He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. And my Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have not have told you where I'm going to prepare a place for you. That if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also will be where I am. You know the way to the place that I'm going. That is exactly why we are doing Giving Tree and Giving Tuesday. That is exactly why we come on Sunday and we serve. That is exactly why. Because God loves you. And right now, you might feel like you don't have a place. You might feel lost. You might not feel like you belong. But don't leave this room without the assurance and knowing that God does have a place for you, that Jesus loves you greatly, and that there's people that care about your issues, that care about your problems. God loves you. Can you close your eyes and bow your heads this morning? There's three type of people that were, were in this story. We had the person who was being carried. This morning, if, um, if life has just gotten really heavy, you're not alone. There's people that want to carry you. There's people that want to be there for you and love you and remind you and show you this is what God's plan is for you. If that's you this morning, you're saying, you know what, I've been so discouraged. I feel like there's no more room for me in my family, in my work, in church. And I just want to know that there's room for me. If that's you this morning and you just need a little prayer for that, can you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Go ahead and raise your hand. Say, I need prayer because I feel. I see those hands. I see those hands. On the second group of people there, there's two other people. You have the bystanders that are there for Christ and that are there for themselves, and you have the people who are willing to carry. Father God, I just pray for our church. Father God, I pray for us as individuals, God, that we'd be individuals that would be willing to step up and make room where there isn't room for other peoples to see you. 
And Father God, I pray we would be a church, God, that when sees somebody hurting and broken, that we would be a church that would step aside and cheer as they, we see them coming to you. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, God, for your grace. We thank you, God, that you've prepared a place for us. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.